0: Welcome to From Kitchen to Cause, the podcast where hospitality business owners just like you share their founding cause and how sharing your cause builds a lasting community. I'm Hillary Barr, your host. Today I'll speak with Doug Hewitt, the co-founder of 1951 Coffee in Berkeley, California. 1951 Coffee is on a mission to promote the well-being of the refugee community. The 1951 Barista Training Program prepares over 100 refugees per year for successful jobs in the coffee industry. Doug will share how he built a community around supporting refugees. Doug, welcome. On the 1951 Coffee website, it says, we're on a mission with the refugee community and with you. What's the story behind this community that you're building to support refugees?
1: Yeah, so we started a 1951 coffee company actually in 2015. One of my former coworkers and I, we, we worked together at a refugee settlement agency called the International Rescue Committee here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And just, you know, having worked trying to help refugees adjust to life here in the United States, my, my role at that time was to help refugees get jobs and just saw over and over again there were so many barriers that were kind of facing refugees as they tried to transition into the american workplace that i would always had this idea of creating a place a business that would understand the the challenges that refugees face and would create a place where one a refugee could go ahead and get a job um, because one of the most important things for someone to to start in a starting their you know life here in the u.s is is being able to have a job to meet the economic needs that they will have. And then the second part of that is to be able to, you know, learn English, adjust to culture, and then ultimately be able to build community. And so I really want to create a space um, that could do that. So 2015, I had an opportunity with this coworker to to start something, to start a cafe. And I, I, I loved working in the coffee industry. I had done that before I was working in refugee resettlement. And so this was a great opportunity to, to kind of marry those two things together. And coffee inherently is about community. Cafes are community spaces. They're places where people gather. You have people of all walks of life that can pass through the same cafe in a single day. And I thought, what better place to welcome refugees into a new community than in a cafe?
0: When you first opened up 1951 Coffee, so you knew from the beginning that you had this mission, and how did you find the balance between creating a sustainable business while also supporting the refugee community?
1: Yeah, so I think that's, you know, that's a question people ask us a a lot. And we are a a nonprofit coffee company with all of our, our goal is for... The support of the cafe, the work of the cafe to support the refugees who are working, working in those cafes, and so it was extremely important that you know from the very beginning that we put in really strong business practices in place with efficiency of our cost of goods when it comes to you know finding out the the right rent in the right location, making sure all of those things were in place so that we can maximize the benefit to the people who are working in those cafes. And so it's, it's almost like in order to to reach our mission, we had to have high quality coffee. We had to have high quality standards. We had to have, you know, efficiency within our business so that we can take whatever we are making from the cafes to benefit the individuals who are working there.
0: Tell me a bit more about the barista training program. How does it work? What does it look like on the day to day? And do you have any specific examples from graduates that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, so we, we work, uh, Outside of our cafe, we actually have another training space, and we offer refugees who are new to the country, referred to us by refugee resettlement agencies, people who sometimes a lot of people have been through our program before, referring their friends and family when they arrive in the country. So we offer two free weeks of barista training in our kind of lab space that we, that we use. And that teaches someone all the basics of you know brewing coffee in the specialty coffee industry. Um, but we also work on customer service. Orientation to the American, you know, kind of job community. What it's like working in American workplace. How do you communicate with your employer? How do you communicate with your coworkers? You know, things like that. And then after someone completes our two-week barista training program, if we have jobs uh, available in our cafes, of course we would love to bring people immediately to work in our cafes to be able to provide them jobs. But we realized we were able to actually have a larger impact if we partnered with a lot of the coffee companies also operating here in the Bay Area. And so we have about 35 uh, other coffee partners here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so when people graduate the program, if we don't have spaces in our cafe, we'll contact those other cafes and we will be like, hey, we have someone who's just graduated the program, you know, are you, do you have any openings? If so, what can we do to facilitate, you know, an interview and uh, things like that. So, you know, that's that's actually been a way that we've been able to to grow and expand the coffee industry's reach to supporting the refugee uh, community as well.
0: Is there a specific story that comes to mind of a graduate who is impacted by this program?
1: Yeah, we, we have someone who's working actually as our uh, lead barista right now in our, our flagship location here. and He started with us um, when we first opened our, our first cafe in actually 2017. We opened the cafe and he had gone through our barista training program just a, a month before that. Was one of the first employees in our cafe but when he arrived in the country he didn't speak very much english at all but you know with our, our mission being to employ people we immediately brought him in i think in most cafes they would normally have someone you know start your first day it's like well we, we work on getting the copy skills and, and things like that but you know you'll start at the cash register but for him because he didn't speak much english you know we're like okay we've you've already been through our barista training program classes we're going to start you out on the espresso mission. We're going to start you out doing pour overs. And so he was able to immediately use some of the coffee skills that he had already been learning, an effective, a part of our team. And then we began to work with him on learning English day in and day out in the cafe, helping him to, um, you know, support from people. So there were a couple of people in our cafe that were also from his home country that could help him on those little, you know, 30 minute, one hour stints that we would have him working at the register, they would just be nearby. They would help him navigate maybe some more tricky customer, you know, interactions or or things like that. And over time, his English language began to grow. He's continued to be, you know, three and a half years later, because he continued to be an amazing part of our team. He's worked his way up to a senior barista and now a lead barista in our cafe, all just, you know, through the opportunities, you know, that he had to, you know, through our training program, working in our cafe. Yeah, and so those those are the kinds of things and the kinds of opportunities that we wanna be able to provide people, because in my experience having worked in refugee resettlement before, someone who spoke almost no English would usually not have the opportunity to work in customer-facing positions. And that usually means that they would, you know, remain in a situation where they wouldn't be able to grow their English. They're working full-time. They may not have opportunities to take English classes, but also in his ability to practice his English. It allows him to you know, kind of be able to see and understand more about what's going on in his community. In a customer-facing position, he's also able to connect with the customers, build relationships, build friendships, and become a part of the community as he's growing, as he's adjusting, while he's supporting himself with a job.
0: It sounds like it goes both ways, that the refugees who are learning these skills are getting to develop their skills, but also the customers are getting to be part of it and they're getting to help support your staff. What kind of conversations do you have with customers about your mission and how you engage them in supporting refugees?
1: Right. I mean, our our customers are absolutely vital to, to everything that we're doing because they are the ones who are coming in, purchasing coffee and funding what we do, just like maybe in any cafe. However, you know, we are intentionally working with refugees, people who are new to the country. This enables, you know, a customer who maybe, you know, they think, you know, I, I believe in supporting refugees coming to, to the United States. I believe in supporting their integration into life here in the United States. And they're able to do something that they're already doing every day, buying a cup of coffee. And they can do it in a way that is immediately empowering a person new to their community, right in front of them, working all the time. Additionally, because they're doing that, they are also helping this person adjust to life here. They're helping this person learn English. Every single interaction that a customer has, they're providing an opportunity for that person to grow, to adjust, and to build a community. As they get to know each other, I mean, we, I've seen a lot of, like, our baristas love, we're actually really close to the UC Berkeley, uh, University of California, Berkeley uh, campus. And our students love being near the campus because there's just so much life, there's so much energy, a lot of young people that are trying to figure the world out. <laughs> you know, so you have you know new students, you have you know people who are new to the country, and it just allows this community integration to happen across the table. And our customers are completely vital to that. Without the customers, that opportunity doesn't happen.
0: How do your customers learn about what you're doing? Is it just through in-person conversations, or do you have any digital channels that you utilize for these conversations?
1: Right. So we definitely use, you know, our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, we have our website, you know, it, that, that's one way that people find out about us as their friends and their network, you know, people are, are sharing about us. But when people are coming to to the cafes, They walk into the cafe and the cafe, we intentionally created as an educational space for the community as well. And so there's a lot of information in our cafes about our mission, about the work that we do, but also the background information on what it's like for a refugee to come to the United States. How long does it take them to get here? What are the challenges that they have to overcome? You know, things like that. So in our cafes, we have a lot of those pieces of information available. So that as a customer sitting there, you know, waiting on their beverage to be made or whatever they can be learning about what it's like for the people who are in there making their coffee, what it was like for that person to come to the U.S. What did it take for them to get here you know, over the years that they you know, maybe waited in refugee camps or you know, the process they had to go through to, to be able to get the, the permission to even be here. And so those are really vital for us to be able to you know, help people know more about us. And then we encourage them to, to tell their community about it, tell other people to come to be a part of what we're doing.
0: Have you had any challenging conversations with customers who may not have known that much about refugees or may have had some differences understanding the cultural background there? Yeah, there have been times.
1: Um, I think sometimes it comes from just a lack of of familiarity, a lack of understanding. You know, even in my own experience, one of the the first people that I met who who was a refugee in the United States was actually while I was working uh, at a cafe when I was in graduate school. And, you know, one day he shared with me his story of how he came to the United States. And that was, that was not a story that I had heard before. I think to me, prior to the time, refugees were people who lived far outside the country. They were in refugee camps. And I didn't know a lot about refugee resettlement. So I think it, we see a lot of those similar things You know, for people who come into our cafe and they're like, well, who is a refugee? Is this, is this someone who's just coming here for financial reasons and you know things like that? And we'll, we intentionally talk people through that. We try to provide information to answer a lot of those questions up front, but we do engage people. We talk people through those things. So that they understand you know the refugees are people who have fled war violence you know they're coming here because home was not an option for them anymore and so you know those those are things that we really try to to help the community understand and largely i think that personal experience being able to talk to someone you know they're not someone who's you know on a a social media post necessarily they're not someone who's maybe on a, a, a video that you're seeing really far away you know, this is a person sitting right in front of you that has, has been through things that a lot of times we could never imagine, but yet they're still here. They've, they've, they've you know, pushed themselves through those things. they overcome these obstacles. And they're standing in front of you today, starting their new life, you know, having lived all of that. And so I think that personal connection also kind of changes the way that people think and, and understand when you can see a person that says, no, this is what it took for me to get here. This is real. This is, you know, this is not just something that you're seeing far away.
0: How important are your ambassador program and educational events for educating your customers?
1: Yeah, so those, those are really important. I mean, we have a lot of events that we do for, for educating customers. We do a lot of like talks on campus. We have community events, you know, and, and it's a little challenging right now during the pandemic to have a lot of events, but those are, you know, important pieces, you know, for us. But one of the things we actually do in our training class, when we have our training classes going, on, is there's a few moments where we open up our training lab and we allow customers to come in. Um, as mock customers, and they're getting a free cup of coffee, but they're allowing our first, or they're allowing those baristas going through that training to have their first experience serving American customers, the, those first conversations, those first interactions. And those are really important pieces. Normally, before people come to that, we'll give them maybe about like a, I think it's about a 20-minute orientation to, you know, how refugees come to the U.S. And, and things like that, and a little bit of history on 1951 coffee and then they go in and they begin to, to interact just as customers in the cafe. It's a super simple interaction, but at the same time it's extremely important to you know, help baristas, help the, the, the students understand what it means to be a barista. And it kind of also allows customers to, to throw them a little bit of those curveballs. balls. I, was, I think until I did this, I didn't understand how many ways there are to order a single black cup of coffee. You can say, I want a house <laughs> coffee, a batch brew coffee, a cup of joe, like, there's so many ways to order the most simple thing in a cafe. And this allows this allows our students to be exposed to some of those kind of colloquialisms that a lot of Americans have and the ways that they say things. You're like, wait, what is that thing? It's like, oh, that's just another normal cup of coffee.
0: <laughs> what impact has the pandemic had on these in-person relationships that the people in your program have been building with the customers?
1: I was actually just talking to one of our barista team members about that, that yesterday. And he said... You know, it, it, it's hard. I think, you know, the having people in our cafe and having that vitality is, is so important. It's so important to be able to like spend time with each other and, and build those relationships. And right now we've closed down, we had three cafes. We closed down two of them during this time. And we're kind of only operating out of, of one cafe And of course, that cafe is only operating with windows service only. And so, you know, we still have interactions with the customers there. Also, you know, UC Berkeley, their classes are are all online. So there's many, many less people around right now. And so the interactions are less, the interactions are shorter. Our our baristas still love it when we see some of our regulars who who are around, you know, coming to the the cafe before the pandemic, but we don't, you know, get to have those, those longer conversations anymore, those longer interactions. So I think that's, that's one of the things that has been impacted. And then, you know, on top of that, I think just the, the financial impact of having less customers. I mean, we're down between 75 and, and 80%, depending on the week, of where we would normally be during this time.
0: What role do donations play in supporting your business? And how would you like the community to give back during this difficult time?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So donations help fund our barista training program. And they also continue to fund our efforts to grow and so right now we're working on expanding our our barista training so we're taking our our two-week barista training program and we're creating a a second level so that we're able to take people from the basics to a more intermediate place we're also planning to start a managerial training so that we can help people within our our cafe structure be able to have a a firm solid track moving toward managerial positions and then one of the things that we're really wanting to do that will help us out as, as a company um, to be more efficient is to start roasting our own coffee. Um, once we have the ability to roast our own coffee, that allows us to, you know, be able to create more career pathways. Um, people can not just be baristas, but they can be coffee roasters. They can also work on packaging, shipping, you know, the logistics types of positions that we can teach people, um, to do. And so all of those things, you know, require us any of those expansion opportunities require us to have a boost from the community, a financial boost from the community. And so donations really help us. Take what we're doing now, grow it, expand it, and take it further. I think during the pandemic, because our business has been so heavily affected, for just the number of customers is significantly less, and things like that. The pandemic keeps our doors open. It helps or the, the donations during the pandemic helps us keep our doors open. It helps us survive this time, so that when things go back to normal, we're still here. We're still ready to serve the refugees refugee community.
0: And I see something interesting that you have a monthly donation option how does that work and do you feel that this is an important revenue stream for you
1: absolutely so we have the ability for people to donate just a a one-off donation if they so choose Um, but we also have the ability for someone to donate monthly they can choose you know however many um, however much they want to give. I mean, it'll just be a recurring donation. They'll so basically, you know, charge the card or whatever form of payment they have. And it'll just charge on a continued basis. I mean, for us, having recurring donations is great because it allows us to have predictability and stability, knowing the amount of funds that will be coming in over time. So we have that as an option. Of course, one-off donations of any kind are also completely welcome, but both are available on our site.
0: And how do you share this particular part of your website? How do you try to draw attention to your donations program?
1: So we, we share it through social media. And one of the things we do have coming up soon um, is we have a, a short documentary film about 1951 coffee. It's called No Single Origin. And so we will actually have digital screenings coming up for that pretty soon. On our first community screening for it will be on September uh, 30th at 5 p.m. Pacific time you can find out information about that on our website, and that's one of the main ways that we're getting out about who we are, what we're doing, and how donations can support us during this time.
0: Your impact website is also very interesting. Um, I like how you break down into so many different categories, how many people you've graduated through your programs, how much capital you've raised to support this. How do you track all these metrics, and why is it important that you publicly share all this data?
1: Right. Well, I think, first of all, as as a non-profit organization, I think any non-profit wants to be able to tell people who are who are working with them and contributing to the, the work that they do. They want to be able to tell people what impact that they're, that they're having. And so we, we track that data. We track, you know, all the people going through our, our classes or through spreadsheets and, and things like that. We also track, you know, the, the number of, you know, people from different countries that we're serving. And we're already up to 37 different countries having helped over 221 people through our barista training program. And these individuals are going on to support their, you know, their families, they're going on to support others. And so, like, it is really important for us to communicate that to people so that they understand that, you know, sometimes you think, okay, I'm coming in, you know, I I donate a little bit here or I I just buy a cup of coffee. Like, okay, that one cup of coffee, like what is the impact of one cup of coffee? Well, the thing is, over time, buying a cup of coffee day after day and other people buying a cup of coffee day after day provides a huge support. To the refugee community. And I think those are things that I I think it's important for us to communicate that to people is how large their impact can be when collective effort doing something as simple as buying a cup of coffee can really change people's lives.
0: You have a background in coffee as well as the refugee organizations. If you try to imagine that you had a coffee shop during this difficult time that didn't have such a strong cause, What impact do you feel it's having personally on you that you do have this community that you're building every
1: day? Yeah, Um, you know, I I think I think there there is a lot of stress as 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 a founder. I I think whether you have you know a a cause and a, a mission like ours, I think. Any founder of an organization also has care and concern for their staff, for their team. Um, And so there's a lot of pressure. I think a lot of, you know, for any business right now, trying to be creative day after day to find new ways to, to grow and support your business and keep your doors open is, is a challenging time. And I think that, you know, being able to, to find ways to you know, I think that's the reason that we actually have enjoyed being a part of the coffee industry is we have found that, you know, we're facing challenges. If we reach out to other other cafes, reach out to other individuals working in the coffee industry, we have always found support. People who are willing to talk with us, to share ideas, to even help make ideas come to life. You know, it's like you know, we're competing against each other in, in some ways, but in many, many more ways, we're actually creating this culture that we all thrive from in the coffee industry and so we found that even in times during the pandemic that that actually is what we're seeing is that fellow support across the coffee industry is keeping everybody running, keeping everybody moving and that's that's been really great.
0: You also mentioned that you built this network with other coffee shops where when someone graduates from your program you connect with them. How did you build these partnerships with other business owners in your community?
1: So initially, when we, um, we were working on starting our first cafe, we went ahead a, a year before that, and we actually went ahead and started our barista training program, because we knew that it was going to take some time to work through the logistics of a cafe, and so we had this, this lab space available to us, and so we just started doing training. And at that time, we didn't have a cafe to hire people directly, and so we immediately just started reaching out to different cafes. We are like, hey, we saw that you had this, you know, this thing on your, your website. You said you're, you're hiring right now. We have a training program going on right now. The last day is going to be on Friday, and we're going to open up the cafe for for service. You know, would you like to come by and see the people that are coming through our training program? And we got you know a few cafes that said, sure, yeah, we'll come by, we'll check it out, see what's going on. And I think you know from again, that's that's where you know things started. We had one or two people that came. They're like, wow, this is really great. Like you know, it's amazing to have people who have been trained in you know, specialty coffee standards who I can now bring into my team. But I think also a lot of people in the coffee industry are looking for ways that they can make an impact as well. And so I think that that is, has been something that has been really beneficial, is people can come to our cafe. They can be a part of helping refugees resettle here by hiring individuals as well. So I think it's just word of mouth from there, other companies, you know, we try to highlight people who are partnering with us on our social media and things like that. And so just kind of over time, just built the network that got larger and larger.
0: What is your vision for your expansion plan? So five, 10 years from now, uh, what do you hope that 1951 Coffee is doing?
1: I would love for us to be roasting our own coffee, to be able to have, you know, those avenues for people to, to work in the coffee industry, to be able to just, you know, strengthen that platform. I think also, for us, like I, I mentioned before, to be able to expand our, our training program to be able to offer different pathways for for people to 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 grow and I think at the same time, you know we know that like the the model that we have is a model that could be valuable in other cities. Refugees have been resettled for the last twenty years in about two hundred and twenty cities across the United States. There is coffee all across the United States, and I think ways to find the general community, the coffee community, to support the refugee community, people who are new to the country, we would love to be able to have ways for this to expand to other places. I think right now, being able to expand our training program, being able to roast our own coffee, makes those types of expansion into other cities, other locations possible. So.
0: And my last question for you, Doug, if there is another business owner out there who wants to start a similar program, What would you recommend to them as the first step and what kind of resources are
1: available that helped you? I think the first thing is look which side of things you have expertise on. Are you a coffee person? That's where your expertise lies, but you don't have as much experience on the cause. You need to find someone who you can partner with on that side. If you're a person with a, a cause in mind and you've worked a lot in that area, and you don't have someone who's who's business minded, you're, or you're not an individual who's business minded, and you you're like I think this is a great idea. Find someone on the other side who can kind of counterbalance you. And I think that's the biggest thing is the people you partner with, the people that you can build into your network are going to be the most significant thing that you can have. Because, you know, that, that that is where your business is going to grow and you're, you're going to thrive. I think reaching out to other other businesses that have similar models, maybe in a different context, different time, even if they're not even addressing the same cause that you, that you have, just reach out, learn from them, glean from, them, see what you can do. I mean, some of the, the biggest questions that we had when we were trying to open our cafe was like, where do we get milk? Where do we get cups? Where do we get, you know, these simple things that we need in the cafe? We hadn't worked as business managers in the coffee industry before, we had made coffee, we had been baristas, I had been a roaster, but we hadn't run a cafe before. So we had to just reach out to other people and be like, where are you getting this stuff? Can you just tell us that? And a lot of people were more than willing to to help us find those answers to those questions. So I think, don't be afraid to ask, find people that can help you out, find people that can balance out and and provide you with the expertise.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of From Kitchen to Cause. And thank you to our sponsor, OrdaOnline.com, for helping businesses grow by sharing their cause.